Hey there, it's Cold Cabana. Thank you so much for checking out the past shows from the archives. All the past ones in this feed are ad-free. I took out all the ads. If this is something you like, you can listen to every single episode of the Art of Wrestling podcast dating back to 2010, absolutely ad-free for only $4 a month on my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Cold Cabana. All right, enjoy the show. This is the Art of Wrestling with professional wrestler, Cope Cabana. All right, how you guys doing? Come on in, take a seat, put in those tweaked audio earbuds, and let's listen to the Art of Wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. It's also a life podcast, a personal journal. It's an entryway into the minds, the souls, the hearts, and the lives of people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I'm your host. My name is Colt Cabana. I am a Chicago native, a podcaster, a personality, uh, a world traveler. So many worlds, third worlds, you name it, I'm going there. Uh, But most importantly, I am a professional wrestler. And uh, I am sitting here live in the studio apartment in chicago illinois literally just got back from chile santiago south america and uh we're doing it back we're back here podcasting before we do any go any further though this is a fan supported and listener supported podcast supported by people just like you we give it to you th- free of charge every single thursday and we love cult.com or itunes Please subscribe to iTunes. That way it just comes to your computer. You don't even have to worry about it. It just comes to you automatically. Go to the Art of Wrestling on iTunes and subscribe. So easy. If you wanna if you wanna give back, if you wanna support, hey, leave a positive review review on iTunes. So simple. Hey, maybe tell a friend, tell them what's going on over here. But if you do have a couple dollars and you want to give back monetarily, we do give this to you free. Uh, I will send you out merchandise. You are just buying and purchasing. This is done like a store. I'm not giving you anything free. I'm not asking for any free handouts. Uh, go on over to ColtMerch.com. I do have T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs. I got the new buttons from MutantCactus.com. They've given us uh, these little awesome buttons uh, that uh, we're selling for cheap on there. And, of course, the Jill Thompson, the skilled, highly skilled comic artist, Jill Thompson, has the brand-new stick figure T-shirt that I'm in love with. Each time I sell it, I feel bad because I don't want to let go of it because I think it's so cool. Uh, those T-shirts and, uh, and so much more is all available on ColtMerch.com. The guest this week, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Carl Machine Gun Anderson. And it's very interesting when you listen to this one because, you know, Carl was, I don't know, a nobody when he lived in, uh, you know, the mid-Atlantic region. And then he went out to Hollywood and he was like a nobody out there, but he was, you know, trying to build a little bit name for himself. But he was getting older in years, you know. It's not like he was 21, 22. At that point, he was 27, 28. And it's those times in your life where you have to make real-life decisions. Do you give up? Do you quit? What do you do? And uh, Machine Gun got a big break in New Japan. Now he's a big star over there. And, uh, and it's great to hear, but still, we still all have these worries. You know, what are we going to do? Uh, maybe it's just me. I have so many worries, plenty of worries, but Machine Gun's just doing it one day at a time, and uh, he's, he's living it up in, in New Japan. I do have a lot of worries, and I don't know why, because, like, you know, right now it's going so great. I, I just got off a plane uh, a couple of hours ago, and I was going to do this from Chile, but I figured, you know what, let's get home, settle in, and then, you know, we'll stand, we'll sit in the studio apartment, which is a mess right now, just a mess, uh, but, you know, I figured, hey, this is home, this is where I lay my head for one day, because tomorrow, uh, you know, now I'm going to leave on a, on a tour of Mexico, and I'm heading out, 
So for one day, I get to sit back in the studio apartment and hang out. Uh, I was in Santiago for RLL. I did become the Absoluto uh, champion. And uh, we'll talk about my experiment, experience. First of all, let's talk about international travel. Again, bizarre. You know, all these people I went to, I guess, high school with or I grew up with or even my parents, they talk about places they've gone in their lives. They talk about the traveling that they've done. And, you know, my dad's like, I've gone here and I've done this. And I always thought about that. And I was like, well, that's what you have to do as an adult, I guess, right? You, you, I guess you go to Mexico for a couple of days or whatever. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, that that's what I'm doing. But, I'm, you know, it's out of someone else's pocket. It's someone else's you know, someone else is bringing me over to South America. Fucking Santiago, Chile. Somebody is bringing me over. They're paying me well wages. You know, uh, I'm getting over there. I'm meeting new people. And the reason I'm going over there is because of professional wrestling, my passion. So, I mean, it's just bizarre to me is that, you know, my, my passion, professional wrestling, and what I'm supposed to do, quote unquote, is travel the world, right? You know, what you're supposed, you're supposed to save up all your money to, to then blow it all, you know, to travel the world and drink Coronas and sit on a beach or whatever. But no, I mean, I get to go over, I get to make new friends. Uh, this whole crew in RLL, like, are my new friends. You know, I went over alone. I was kind of scared. I, I, I kind of asked them to bring someone else over with, and, uh, it just didn't work out. And so I go over alone. You know, that's, the scary thing to do is go over to a, a totally different continent alone. You know, I, I don't know these guys. You know, I don't know what they're, what they're capable of. And who knows, this time it was safe. Maybe next time it's not safe. Uh, but these guys were great. Chile was great. Chile was wonderful. Uh, I go to all these places, and I, I'm not much of a sightseer. You know, I don't, I don't know what – because here, you know, people – maybe if you're, in the, if you're in England right now and you're like, oh, if you go to Chicago, you got to go all over to Chicago, and it's this beautiful thing and this and that. But for me, it's just, you know, it's just a place. I mean, I love it. I think it's wonderful, the best in the world. But, you know, it's, it's where I just hang out. So, like, Chile is where these guys just live, so it's nothing to them. And I kind of usually have that feeling like I, I'm not – I don't know. It's not for me to go see the world. And like, I just like to go, hey, look at me. I'm in Chile. I don't need to go to these museums. And maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I'm not cultured like that. Maybe that's a fault of mine and that's something I should work on. But I've just never been like that. I've gone, you know, I didn't go around Tokyo. I didn't, I didn't really have a desire to, to travel all around to the different points and, and spend, you know, three days hiking in Tokyo or hiking in Scotland. Uh, for me, it's cool, man. I'm there. I see the culture. I see what they're all about. Uh, I see it through wrestling, my one passion. And then, you know, on to the next stop. Uh, Chile was wild, though. You want some observations. I got off the plane, and I see a guy. First of all, I'm, I, I say this because I think the next big star of, of uh, Santiago, Chile, is going to be Zach Gowan. Stay with me on this one. I get off the plane, and I see a guy with one arm. And I go, ah, that's interesting. You know, you keep notice of that. It's very interesting. Literally, two minutes later, there's a guy with another one arm, like a nub of some sort. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm hanging out more. Fifteen minutes later, I see a guy on a skateboard with no legs. And then 20 minutes later, I literally, within an hour, I see four amputees. And I'm not saying... I don't know. Is that like amputee racism? Is there something like that? Like I'm pointing them out and being like, look at them. Uh, I'm sure we have amputee listeners. You know, I, I know Zach Gowan. We, you know, we, we talked to him, but uh, I don't know. It was weird to me. I, I you know, I was in um, in Tokyo. I, you know, I, I was I was there where the bomb you know dropped. 
And like, I didn't see any amputees over there. Wouldn't that be the place where they would all be? No, for some reason, they're all in Santiago, Chile. So it was my first observation. My second observation was the craziest thing I've ever seen. This is bizarre. And, and if you are cultured, unlike myself, you'll probably know this. But over on the streets is these beautiful dogs, doggies. I mean, they were everywhere and they were gorgeous and they were so cute. And I couldn't believe it. Dogs over there are like squirrels, you know, here in America. And I mean, everyone's just, you just, you watch them go by, you know, they, they go under the table, they run around. People don't even give that. They don't even think about it. And, and to me, that's crazy. And I'm no animal act, you know, activism activist or, or, or anything like that. But I, I just wanted to, I wanted to grab them all. And I mean, they were so cute. It, it would be like if we were, if there was like cute little babies running around, that was, that's the equivalent of this cute babies running around the street and people being like, ah, oh, look, there's a cute baby crawling. Just look at him. Nah. Oh, look, another cute baby. No big deal. I'll go continue eating my food. Uh, so I did want to save all the dogs over there. I don't know if I am. I don't know. I don't know where my dog loves come from. They were all, they were all beautiful. Uh, the, the last night I tried to pet one and, uh, his teeth just like, like the devil came out of him. And then I realized, uh, people probably treat these dogs like shit and they're survivors, I guess. Uh, but you know, I don't know. It's, that was a, a bit of a wake up call, I guess, in different cultures of where you're at. Uh, again, the show in Chile was great. Uh, I wrestled a three-way match with a guy named Coyote and Ramses. Uh, I'm going to head back over there, obviously. I'm, I'm their absolute champion. And it was a pleasure and honor to be out there in Chile, Santiago, South America. First for me, a kiss, a, a chubby kid from suburban you know, Chicago is traveling to South America uh, winning titles. It's a, it's, I don't know, man. This is wild. It's a wild ride. I hope it never stops. I hope the podcast never stops. It's all going well. Let's keep this positivity uh, train running forward, right? The happy bus. We're doing it. We're on the happy bus. Song of the week this week. I don't know where these things come from. Someone sent this to me, and I appreciate it. I forgot who it was. Terry Funk. He's a singer. You didn't know that? Yeah. He sang a song maybe 25 years ago called We Hate School. We Hate School. Terry Funk. Oh, I will enjoy it. And we'll be back with the Machine Gun Carl Anderson. And she don't like my clothes Up your nose with a rubber hose I'd like to shove her where the sun don't go Cause we hate school but we love rock and roll Rock and roll Rock and roll When I come home I turn my radio on My DJ's playing my favorite song Mother yells, get off the phone. Have you done your homework? Is that radio on? Rock and roll.
Come on, baby, cut me some slack. I'd like to hit that old broad in the nose. Cause we hate school, but we love rock and roll. How you doing? Back on the podcast. Hey, I've got my guest here, and let's first of all, my guest, the Machine Gun. Hey, buddy, Carl. Your name's Carl. My name's Chad. Carl Anderson. You know, in a world where I don't, I don't, I don't talk about real names and real identities. This is my wrestling persona, Colt. And yes, I do have a real name, but I never even really bring it up. I just Especially revealed with wrestling mine. fans. I just revealed mine to everybody. You're just like, hey, man, Chad. Well, Chad you know, from the block. You know, when people call me Carl, it still weirds me out. The way it's just hearing you say that right now. Carl. Carl. Reminds me of Billy Madison. Hot Carl? You Hot Carl. Carl from Billy Madison. <laughs> Triska Crackers? Come on, bro. Where do you get Carl from? Who calls you Carl? Well, somebody one day, you're in a ring. Either A, you name yourself Carl. Yeah. Or B, somebody's like, you look like a Carl. I mean, do you want to know the story? I don't know. Well, I would, I'd rather give it to you because I wouldn't just call myself Carl by any means. Right. I don't think anybody would. <laughs> Well, I had moved to Los Angeles to start at the L.A. Dojo, which you know that. And it was the first day, and it was a battle royal that we were going to be in, and I didn't have a name. And somebody, can I say his name? Sure. Vanderpile. Oh, oh you can't say, oh, we'll beep that out. We beep that out? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you're going to be called Carl Anderson. Actually, Marquez came up with that also, David Marquez. Who's Together. A, who's a good friend of, of mine. And mine. And yours, a good friend of ours. But they came up with Carl Anderson, but, but Marty, Vanderpile, beep, beep, <laughs> beep. He said, you look like Carl, Carl with a K. And I looked it up all day long. You and looked it up? Kind of, no, he, this is me, me talking as him. Okay. And he said he looked it up all day long, and a K fits better than a C. And so Carl Anderson. And right before I went out for this battle royal, there's 10 people sitting in the crowd, 10 Mexicans, as I might add, in Santa Monica, California. I'm thinking I'm going to the big time. <laughs> You've moved from Cincinnati to L.A. <laughs> I moved to Los Angeles, and I'm thinking I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rework in this strong style stuff that I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm, but, I, but I'm going out for a battle royal. I'm Carl Anderson. He says, hey, and you know what? Why don't you do this, that machine gun thing you did, that one match that I saw you do. And we'll call you Carl and Machine Gun Anderson. Because one time I did a match in Nashville that he watched where I met them at the NWA convention. And I slammed somebody and I just started shooting this. I cocked this gun, which would be more like a shotgun. And just started shooting people and people started laughing. But I didn't by, by any means mean anything by it. I just thought it was funny. You shit some gigs. Yeah. You got nothing going on, especially in Nashville. Nobody's taking those matches seriously, no, right? No, there was, there was 20 matches on the card. There was 50 people there. It was supposed to be this big NWA convention where all these... 
at that time it was 2000 it must have been 2006 all the tna executives were supposed to be there nwa executives were supposed to be there and who shows up? i think it's a big shot for me and who shows up vanderpile <laughs> beep beep yes <laughs> it's a lot of beeping for this that's good machine gun and so but but the machine gun's going i mean we'll get into all that stuff but uh I don't know if this is still happening. Like, I watched your awesome entrance on YouTube on New Japan, and like, yeah. does the music still like machine yeah. gun it up? Yeah, but yeah. So, wait, so, explain, so, uh, Carl, Chad, okay, Carl, let's, let's just stick with Chad. Carl with a K. <laughs> no, you're Carl. Carl uh, comes to the ring. Machine Gun Anderson. He's a, he's a, he's wrestling full time with New Japan, a contracted wrestler. Yes, uh, a, a Southern boy. Yes, living in Japan. Yeah, sure, I'm crazy. I'm sure the well, culture shock is nuts on that. But when you come out, they say "karul," and then machine gun, and what happens? They actually say the machine gun. Then actually, the music guy will wait for. I, I put my hand up, and I'll cock a shotgun, an imaginary shotgun, which I don't know how it turns into a machine gun. But I, <laughs> I cock a shotgun, which actually is the music guy pushing the button, and it cocks, and then it shoots throughout the arena. But every now and then, he, he doesn't hit his cue, and he's not there. And he forgets to be there for me. So I put my arm up. And the fans, I've been there for four years now. So the fans somewhat expect it. I, you know, I'm not saying that they all know, know it, but I would say some fans would expect it. So when he misses it, you can just hear a big laughter throughout the arena. <laughs> Even the Japanese. So I just go. You do big, by yourself. In a big open arena, and everybody just laughs. Has there any been a situation where like, maybe you go to like, like a house show? Or a smaller show in a country, and like all of a sudden this machine gun noise starts going off. The Japanese are ducking and dodging. You know what? You know, at PWG before I before I got a chance to go to to, to Japan, that fans would do the duck thing when I would shoot the gun, and they would all duck. And I but, thought it's going to be so cool. And I thought when I go to Japan, they're going to do it. Oh, do, oh, do you you mean do they actually duck for now? Reals. They actually just laughing. I got fucking oh. stupid. I look by shooting a machine gun. That's oh. knocking out of thing. No, no, you're good. <laughs> So no one's ever been like, oh, down. No. They but, just, I think they just think I look like an idiot, probably. Well, that's what you made your money on. Yeah. That's your moneymaker. Fuck it, man. Yeah. All right. So you are, let's, I mean, let's get into it, I guess. Yeah, let's go. Cincinnati? Yeah. I was born in North Carolina. North Carolina. No, excuse me. I was born in Michigan. I forgot. I was born in Detroit, Michigan. My family moved to North Carolina. Grew up in Asheville, North Carolina. Lived there for uh, tw- uh, 20 years. Went to college at Mars Hill College for two years where I played college baseball. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What'd you play? First base. I, and Are I actually, I, no, I'm a righty. I was fat, though. And I actually, earned st- I actually earned a starting job the first year. The first game, I went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts and didn't start me again. <laughs> <laughs> so I just started drinking and eating pizza. Getting and I got fat. fat. I got really fat. Hold on. So you weren't fat that first game. I was fat, but I got Ish. really fat. <laughs> You know, like John Gruck does it. But you know, you go on winter break. You go on winter break. So you got fall ball. Then you go on winter break, and you're supposed to be training and all that. But I'm 18 years old. There was no training, pal. I'll say I've, like, I've had to deal with weight issues my whole life. Yeah. And I got my biggest. I played all sports in high school, yeah. base, uh, baseball, football, and basketball. And as a kid, up to 16, like I eat whatever I wanted, you know. Yeah. I probably still do kind of now. Yeah, but, I still do. Yeah, but I would eat whatever I want. And I would, but I was always doing... You know, in football, we're doing two days. and basketball, we're running up and down. But yeah. in baseball, 
the the conditioning was so non-existent that yeah. I was eating everything I wanted and still thinking I was playing sports, but we weren't doing shit, and I Nothing. ballooned huge in baseball. Exactly, the fattest I ever got. No, I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not, and then, but then randomly, the coach would 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 have us do sprints or something around the field. He was he was a guy that played for the Minnesota Twins. His name was Ed Hodge. He was a coach, and he was a first year coach. So he wanted to try and and really run was us to the pitcher? ground. He was a pitcher, left. I know Ed. Hodge. Yeah, Ed Hodge. Wow, yeah. huge Minnesota Twins fan. Wow, like, diehard, having eighty seven and ninety one homer hanky framed in my rooms, both signed by Kirby Puckett. That's big time that you remember that. So I know Ed Hodge. He's a good coach. He was a dick. But he was a good coach and a good guy. But he was a good coach. Yeah. But he was he was mean, bro. You know, at one time I actually dropped a ball. You know, you do the um, when you're doing warm ups around. I was on first base and the ball went right to me and I just dropped it. And he goes, "I bet if it was a fucking hamburger, you would have caught it." <laughs> and that etched in my mind, and, it, and it still hurts you as like, yeah. And I still think about it. I just, I just can't be that. You just did it sit on a podcast. I don't want to be later. that guy again. Yeah, it's still bothering yeah. me. Yeah. And now you're going out in your skimpies. <laughs> I go out in my skimpies. <laughs> It's funny because in because uh, well girls from high school and girls from college if they I mean when they find when they would find me on Facebook or Twitter or something they see me wearing these things they they're blown away bro it's great yeah nice. they can't because I was a big fat shit I'd love to see your pictures can we after can we put on the podcast page maybe some before and afters of you yeah of course yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of it yeah uh, so did you play all four years of baseball well at, at in high school yeah but in college I just played I played two years but then in my sophomore year I. Uh, I watched a thing that came on called MTV's True Life. I want to be a pro wrestler. Yes. At, uh, that starred with a good, good pal of mine named Rory Fox. Rory Fox. Spoiler alert. A listener. Yeah. Give me a shout out before. We love you, Rory. Steve. <laughs> oh, you can't be saying that. <laughs> no, I like him. Yeah. But yeah. they follow him around. And, uh, and, I, and my brother actually taped it because I was a big wrestling fan, obviously. It was, was a heyday then. I was 20 years old. This was in 90, 98, 99. 19. I guess I was 19. But uh, he taped it for me, and I and he sent it. He brought it to me up to college, and I watched it, and I watched it, bro, and I watched it, and I watched it, and I watched it, hundreds of times, hundreds and hundreds of times. And I told my mom, I said, I got to go. When I'm done with school, I'm going to go up there. Just the idea that hey, because for those who don't remember, and go find it on YouTube or whatever. Like, it's all over YouTube. I watch it again; it brings back memories. Yeah, and me too. And but yeah. obviously, maybe it didn't hit me as hard as it did you, and it did hit me hard because I remember. But it's, uh, is it? Is the one that hit you the kid that went to go? What story hit you the most? Is it the kid that went to go train who's like a cokehead, or was it Rory Fox? The dipshit, it- Matt, Matt Taglia. <laughs> okay, obviously you remember his name. <laughs> I uh, well, there was no there was no wrestling school. I never heard of a wrestling school in, in Asheville, and so I just thought there was no way to ever get involved in wrestling. So when I saw that, it just opened this whole this whole light. But then I thought that that was the only wrestling school in the whole world, and I ever. had to go there. Okay. And so, man, uh, Les Thatcher's business must have been so. I mean, though, after that, he just spiked there. Oh, he must have been so he rich. Even, he rose the price and everything. I'm sure. That. I'm Les, sure. Les is cool. We'll get into him later, but uh, but that's but that that's it. I had to go there, man. That was where I wanted to go. So I, I told mom I was gonna I was gonna quit. I was gonna finish school and then go. But then I kept watching it and said, you know, I'm just gonna go now. I'm 20. I'm gonna go. I'm young. I'm, I'm hungry. An I'm an adult. Did you say that to yourself? I can quit school. Right. And my mom just said, I don't even just go. Just leave. If, it's, if you want to do it and you're young, go. And my girlfriend's mom at the time actually said, just go. Give it six months. And if it's no good, just come back home. If you're not <laughs> in WWF by then, yeah. just come home. Because they, they don't know. Sure. You know? But then, and, I, and, and at that time, I still I wasn't in any kind of shape. And so they're looking at me and they're thinking, yeah, sure, buddy. <laughs> good luck. Still catching hamburgers <laughs> at that time. Good luck. Yeah. And that's so you make the move. You packed it all up. Packed it all up, man. I drove my mom's. Uh, I had a Plymouth Acclaim, a light blue Plymouth Acclaim, and I drove to Cincinnati, Ohio, 
which is about uh, about six and a half hours from Asheville, and um, started training with Les for three months. What's the move? You you find a place, you find a roommate, you get a job. I actually lived with my mom. Had a best friend in Cincinnati, which I didn't really know very well, but but she ended up letting me live with her. And she, but she had four kids, and uh, I lived. I stayed in the attic. God, you know what this reminds me of? Like, um, have you ever seen Summer Catch? <laughs> Like Freddie Prince Jr., yeah, like yeah. the my, little minor league baseball teams where like yeah. the, the families take in the wrestler or the baseball players. They took me in, but no, but none of the kids liked me because 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 <laughs> the mom I guess normally is this mean to the kids, right? But they, but she was great to me, so they're all they're all giving me the my first lesson in in politics. They all hated me, so I'm walking around the house like walking on eggshells. But I, I lived up in the attic all by myself, <laughs> and I worked uh, I worked at UPS loading trucks. And it was awful. I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah, and, and and at this point, Les had a WCW uh, contract. With, like, it was a developmental deal then, I think. But but then, it, it right when I moved up, it fell apart, and he didn't have it anymore. But also, Les's mom was dying at, around that time, so he wasn't training much. So there was Cody Hawk, who ended up being a, a friend of mine, and 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 Matt Stryker and Shark Boy were doing training then. But I just wasn't sure I was getting. I just I didn't know what I was. Twenty years old. I didn't know what even what wrestling was even about. Or, or and you, you know, was there people there that had the same had seen the same show as you and started training because of that? And you guys shared that same vision. Or you dream? know, well, when I first got there, I had. Uh, well, there was also a twenty twenty special that followed around Nigel, and Ray Steele, and Pepper Parks and Chet the Jet, and that came on after the. I already decided to make the move, but then this came on after it. But then I really was like, "This, this is it, dude. I'm going for sure." This is obviously the yeah. only training place in the I, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's on MTV. twice, you know. So, yeah. I, so I watched it so many times that Nigel, Race, Chet, and Pepper are actually celebrities to me. <laughs> so I go up there and I meet these guys. And I'm man, this is awesome. Then afterwards, we finally go. I'll, I'll go back, but a month later, I go out with all of them, and I'm thinking they're gonna get hounded. Chat and Pepper <laughs> to go to this club, and I'm thinking nobody's even noticing them. Them man, this is this is we got to go somewhere where they know them. I'm thinking this, dude. I, of course, I told Pepper this afterwards. He goes, "Holy shit, yeah, dude. yeah." No, it makes total sense. But just, they were, so they were celebrities to me, you know. Yeah. Um, where was I at? I just started blabbing around. People that had the same dream. As yeah, you. yeah. There was there was a lot of guys that signed up right then. I actually signed up on the same day with uh, a guy named Derek Nykirk. Who ended up going into the? Uh, he ended up going to the developmental system. He was a developmental system. with me, yeah, for a little bit, and he and also he, played baseball. Yeah, and then he, big baseball player, just yeah, like you. Sure was. Yeah. And he ended up going. He played pro baseball too. Did he? Yeah, he drafted in the first round. Did not know that. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> that's what he said. We don't know if the facts are accurate. Uh, <laughs> but so, I like him though. But then he ended up. But he ended up being one of Paul Heyman's security guards, I right. guess, in the, in the beginning of ECW. But you know, everybody knew it. He doesn't. Nobody knows who the fuck he is, though. Right. He's hiding under a fucking shield the whole yeah. time. Yeah. But it was uh, three months into training. Uh, he gave me a drop kick that just knocked me really silly. Who did Les Thatcher? No, <laughs> Nykirk. <laughs> Thatcher wasn't there. Okay. <laughs> he was never around. Uh, but Niker, yeah, he just kicked me in the head, and I got a concussion. And then and I actually went to the hospital, and they said I got like a little bit of bleeding on the brain, just a little bit, a little small one. But I just felt dizzy all the time. But then I started thinking I wasn't sure if I even wanted to wrestle. Like I just started questioning. What? Yeah, I started questioning what I wanted to do. So I just stayed in Cincinnati for After 15 watching months. watching this documentary yeah, for I know. 100 times? Well, I, you know, I wasn't sure because I, I would go to the wrestling school, and the boys that were there, like they wouldn't shake my hand. And I, I didn't know anything about like – the younger guys going up to the older guys and talking and stuff like that. But I, but I would, I would be sitting there and these older guys would walk right by me, and I would think, God, these guys are mean. He's like, the guys named guy named Taxis, Cody Hawk, Matt Striker, um, 
and he bent me the bookie, and they would just walk right by me. And I was like, man, these guys are dicks, man. I'm not sure I want even want to be involved in this. So I, you know, so I took. I was off for 15 months, and I just drank beer. But I, I stayed in shape, though. I got in really good shape during that time. Met a lot of girls. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So then I was. Uh, I turned 21, and I wasn't even wrestling. But then, uh, out of college, out of college, drinking, telling girls I was in college. Ugh. What are you doing Living. up? What are you doing up here? I moved up here to be, a, you know, train to be a wrestler, but I don't train anymore. How's that going? How far is that going to get right. me? I'm a doctor. Yeah, but uh, this must have been in April of 2002. I, I started talking. A friend of mine had had instant message, and I, I didn't know anything about the computer at all. And he said, uh, "Why don't you get Chad to come down and train one day?" At the this place called the NWF, the Northern Wrestling Federation, and I said, "Let's go down there and just mess around, man. It's been over a year. Let's go do it." So we went down there and messed around, and then they said, "Why don't you come down on Sunday and just train with us?" So I said, "Okay, I'll come back." So I went down there, and, and Abyss was there. He was actually he was Prince Justice then. This was in two thousand and two, and I ran a spot in front of everybody. I pulled off to the side, and and, and this guy named Kirk Shepard walks up to me and says, "Well, here's the here's your contract to train." Um, this is how much you owe, this is how much it's going to be, and this is how much you're going to pay every week. Here you go, and he handed it to me. I hadn't had any kind, any kind of discussion with him or anything. I looked at him and I go, okay, I signed it. Signed it. Why wouldn't you? And I wasn't sure I wanted to. Didn't and even I did. Look at the numbers probably so basically thousand a thousand dollars a week. It was less than that. It was actually it was actually five hundred bucks. I got I got a little bit of a deal because I give less. I gave I had given less a little bit, so I kind of got duped into signing back into wrestling school. <laughs> <laughs> then it, that was it. It turned into awesomeness, you know. Yeah. But you were, I mean, you were struggling. Did you just, until, I mean, obviously Marquez came to this thing. Yeah. I know, I mean, I, I remember he was, I remember him saying there's this guy down in Nashville who I really like, Carl Anderson. Yeah. And at some point he was duping guys to move to L.A., right? He duped a lot of guys to move to L.A. Yeah. Include a lot of Australians. <laughs> a lot of Australians. Yeah. I remember when I came out here for a visit, he goes, uh, uh, I said, man, is it so? If it, is it cool if I come out here? And he goes, man, it's cool. Anybody can come as long as they pay three hundred dollars. And I go, oh, cool. Hold on. I thought I was getting recruited to, like, to come out to this big sweet dojo, you know? So where am I going to sleep? He's like, oh, I don't care. Fuck, where are you sleeping? Sleep in the ring if you want. I go, man, that's not. That sucks. Wait, did you sleep in the ring? I slept in the ring for a while. You slept in the L.A. dojo. Yeah, the L.A. dojo. I had. Well, I worked in Cincinnati for four years, just little small little shows, you know. And then a guy named Rob the Bomb Williams. You ever heard of him? No, I he's can't a, say he came up with Wildcat Chris Harris and I've heard of him and Prince Justice. I've heard of him. Abyss. To you and and I. they were a, they were a uh, they were a little bit of a click together. But Rob the Bomb helped me out a lot and got me hooked got me hooked up with that show in in uh, Nashville. And that's where I met Marquez and beep. right. <laughs> so uh, so you moved to. And all of a sudden you're so I just moved. You're hearing New Japan Dojo. That's probably yeah. is that enticing you? Yeah, and but I wasn't a fan of Japanese wrestling because I just I never I wasn't surrounded. If you know you know how it is in Cincinnati and Kentucky, there's not a whole lot of the the smart mark type people there, I guess, or wrestling fans. It's just kind of hillbillies and local yokels. Yeah, rednecks. You walk out, you tell them to shut up, and they get mad at you, and then you have That's security no hold them back. Right. It's awesome. He pulled my hair. Yeah. You have no teeth. So every now and then I would see like a, a, a New Japan tape or a. a, a Japanese wrestling tape, and I thought it was just you know cool, but it wasn't like a lot of like a lot of guys that started with me, or that that I know now grew up like you know Fergal Devitt would grow up watching that stuff, but I never watched it at all. Mm. But yeah, it was enticing to think about it. So, I'm, but I'm like I said, I thought I was going to this big huge dojo right. that was going to be like there was going to be Japanese guys bowing to me because I'm just bringing a big new huge recruit coming in, <laughs> new recruit paying three hundred, paying three hundred bucks a month, and I moved out there with about fifteen hundred, and I said I wonder how long I can make this last, man. 
Well, it, it, till about, at about, I moved there in January. I paid, I think I paid January, February, and March, and I said, I got to get out of here, man. I can't afford this anymore. And, it's, and I was wrestling in front of, you know, 12 people. But I was getting good training, you know, a guy named Kendo Kashin was there. Or uh, it was named Ishizawa, and he was a, and then Shinsuke Nakamura came in, and all that stuff was, I mean, that's stuff, invaluable lessons you can learn from those guys. And then, um, let's see, fuck, what happened? I just stayed. I stayed. At, I stayed in the dojo until uh, until that dojo closed. Then you got a roommate, didn't you? Yeah. Then I, lived, I moved in with him. So that dojo closed down. We decided not to not to go back to the dojo anymore. Me and Rocky Romero, and he, and I said, I guess I'm going back to Cincinnati because I really don't know what else to do. I hadn't gotten booked in Japan, and it'd been a, a year and a half at that point, and I don't know what to do. Maybe go back and just try and to do something. I actually hit a little bit of a depress, depressing streak. I think that's where I hit you up on instant message and said, I'm going to go back to school and get a job and have a backup plan. And what did you say? Uh, my quote is, is backup plans are for losers. Yeah. Se- uh, backup plans set yourself up for failure. Yeah. And I which went, I man. might not... I might not agree with that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. No, no. Now that I'm not 27 <laughs> it's a, anymore. It's an absolutely untrue statement. But... It, mo- it was motivating, dude. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. So you were ready to kind of call it, and I, but not that, really call it quits, but just start, you know, start scale looking. It back. I was 27 at that point, yeah. you know, and that's and that's not old, but it's also you hadn't you hadn't hit, even hit a hundred dollar payday. Probably no, hundred hundred. Right. Sorry, <laughs> I think thirty might have been the absolute biggest. Yeah, but I mean, everything was there, and and I've I've been through the Indies where I've seen I've seen really talented dudes, and in case in point is like Ken Anderson couldn't get by, couldn't do nothing. Nobody would pay him over 25. Bucks. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's a giant fucking star on television. Same with MVP, you know. And like, I, I just, I knew you had everything you needed. It's almost just the right break. And like, but you know, how long can it just? I'm not, you know, you're living your own life. It's not me fucking yeah. paying your bills. It's you. So you have. But I, if I'm a betting man, it's like I, you, you've got to something will end up for you. You're too good, you know, and too yeah. talented and, and charismatic to. For something not to show up for you. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And you were one of the guys that believed in me, bro. I told you that earlier. Yeah. I appreciate it. And, uh, but it's, it's fucking obvious. And I think it's unfortunate that it takes you going, uh, going fucking five, 6,000 miles across the pond for it to, to get your big break. Yeah. But it has been your big break. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, they, uh, it's funny how you can go from kind of a no, like a nobody in fucking California to all of a sudden now, just because you go over and, and do well with this, these people. Now everybody in America is like, oh shit, Carl Anderson's a big fucking deal, you know? Yeah. It's like, I was right here, you know? Right. You were right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Assholes. But you know, but you know, maybe, and I, yeah, I look back on it also, maybe, maybe I really, maybe I wasn't ready in certain points and that going to Japan actually helped fine tune everything else. Cause I feel a lot, I actually feel better in the ring now, you know? Comfortable. Cause yeah, I'm a lot more comfortable because it's just because experience you wrestle so much when you're there and such good guys and in front of such big crowds and you know new japan gave me my first break man i, I you know well, that's what i always say is i say to people reps man just like baseball yeah you gotta fucking you gotta gotta hit you know if you hit a fucking if you take enough swings you're gonna fucking get yeah. good in japan you guys are probably touring all the fucking time doing all yeah. these shows right all the time yeah. and you're always thinking about wrestling you know and when i first my first contract i signed I would, you know, I would stay there for three months at a time. So I mean, I remember talking to you like every now and then. I would, I'd just be sitting there, but but I'd, I'd be in there, a dojo yeah, sitting in a dojo, computer, right? just kind of going nuts. But but I'd be there for three months, and I'd come home for ten or eleven days, and go back again for three months. So you just you're thinking about wrestling all the time, and you're in the Japanese culture. It's, I mean, it's cool. So what's that like? You were you were you doing young boy duties? You know, I got I uh, there was a big change in uh, in power in New Japan around two thousand and eight. 
And I had a good friend there, uh, Fergal Devitt, who now is Prince Devitt, of course. He uh, he emailed me and just said, man, there's a there's a big change in, in who all is in charge here. And I just think if you just send a tape now, I think it'll be – I think you got a good chance of at least getting looked at. And so uh, he, had, he had asked me to do that a couple months before. And I said, yeah, I'll send it. But and so he messaged me and said, "Where's that tape?" I said, "I sent it. Did it did it not come or something?" But I never sent it because I was so unconfident. Uh, so he goes, "So send the tape and actually send it this time, asshole." <laughs> so he busted me, you know. But, which, uh, by the way, a lot of wrestlers have is like, "Oh wait, I'll just wait till that next good match." Or hold on, if I could just lose one pound more, then yeah. I'll be able to send that tape. You just you know you just got to get it. You I just got to fucking do yeah. it. Yeah, and I was I was fortunate enough that you know Joey helped me get booked on the. the Pro and you guys all helped me get booked on Pro Wrestling Gorilla, put in words for me and stuff. And that's and that was where I was able to send a tape with me versus Disco Machine. And the crowd was just and the, the match was I wouldn't I it wasn't five star by any means. I blew up within a minute, but but Disco let me beat the shit out of him. The crowd was going nuts. And it was a really hot crowd. So I sent that tape over. And next thing I know, Ferg messages me and three days later and says, "Bro, they loved you." Nice. It's all it takes, really. I mean, I remember reading that email, and I said, "Nah, I just I can't even begin to get excited, you know? You think it's this big process, and they have five million tapes, and they're looking at one of yeah, them? Yeah, surely they're not going to. Right. Surely they're not going to. Because I, Tomko had just gotten fired or let go or something from over there, and they were looking for a guy, Jan. But what? there's so many he went right foreigners, you know? Oh, Jesus. Oh, sorry. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's okay. Yeah, but I'm sure they're right. There's a mess. Sorry. I threw it in there. Come on, bro. <laughs> there's a million guys. Yeah, just a million guys inside, and but I said, "Oh, well, that's cool, man. You know, thanks for even you know thinking about it." And I just and I kind of didn't brush it off. I thought I'll just put it, just push it to the back, you know. And about five or six days later, I get another email and said, "Bro, you're coming. You're booked." I said, "Man, don't don't man, don't fuck around. You know, call me if if you know this is for legit." And then my phone started ringing from an, from an un an unnamed ID, and I said, "Oh man." I answered. I said, "What's up?" He goes, "Bro, you're coming. The contract's coming. It's <laughs> he didn't in the, say it's like in, that. Hey, you're coming. It's in the mail. Hey, <laughs> it's in the mail. What happened? You over here? <laughs> it is. Yeah. And uh, you know, I had uh, you know Shinsuke Nakamura helped me train. He's a top guy over there. And then apparently he he was he put in a good word for me. And then another guy named uh, Minoru put in a good word for me. And then Ferg put in a good word for me. And then the tape, I guess, was good enough. And you they said we'll, we'll bring him over for you know for a well, three month trial." And I went over there, and I was in the New Japan Cup, and I wrestled Kanemoto in my first match. And I came back through the curtain, and Tiger Hattori pulled me aside and said, Hey, you want one-year contract? I said, Yeah. <laughs> okay. First match. Yeah. Great feeling. That was it, dude. It's got to be a great feeling. So I told Ferg, I said, Man, they have to offer me a one-year contract. He goes, Man, Tiger Hattori is awesome, bro, but he's going to bring that up to you every single day until you sign it. <laughs> every day. Hey, man, let me get that one-year contract, okay? Yeah, thanks, bro. <laughs> and who Tiger Hattori is... Uh, uh, he, he just, he's been around for 40 yeah, he, years. Yeah, he's, he's just, a name that a lot of people yeah, he's, up. He was a referee, I guess, in Tampa, and he, he managed uh, Saito down there when, it, when the Toyota Territory was hot, I guess, 40 years ago or 30 years ago or who knows how. He's 65 years old, I guess, right. now. I don't know what he did, but he's a legend over there. <laughs> they love him. Yeah, he's awesome. When he says, hey, you want a contract, take that fucking contract. <laughs> but he's in charge of when it comes to that. That's, that's his deal with the foreigners and stuff. At that point, he was really in charge. He still is in charge of my stuff, man. I owe him a lot of. Cool. And a lot how of long love. until you and Bernard start tagging out? Well, yeah, you guys buddies? Yeah, great buddies. Cool. Good guy, man. Good. Drink a lot of beer together. Yeah, and I was going to talk about that. Like, we power drink. Yeah, you, you're a big drinker. Well, I like beer. You're, you're tweeting it, you're Facebooking it. You're yeah. always just fucking. I like beer. I have a. Well, my girlfriend will, 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 will stalk my Twitter every now and then, and she'll look at it and she'll say, because people think you're, you're an alcoholic. Yeah. I said, well, 
Why? Just because your fucking Twitter looks so stupid. Beer, beer me, beer. Beer, beer, football, beer, beer, football, beer. I just sit there and look at the look at the Twitter and say, I don't know what else to write. Beer. <laughs> Whatever's going on in your mind. Uh, AKA. I just did jujitsu training. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I'm a jujitsu master, you Wait, know. Who's got better beer? J- Japan or America? I, I I love American beers. I mean, but I, I got to put a lemon in the Japanese beer a little bit. But beer, as long as it's cold, I'm ready to rock and roll. Does that make you a girl? Yeah. Do people make fun of you? Does Bernard make you know fun what? of you? You know what? Yeah, they, they do a little bit. But in Japan, it's okay because it, it, usually the sponsors will take us out, and I'll just squirt the beer into the Sapporo or the Asahi, the lemon into the sport, Sapporo or Asahi. And it pops everybody sitting around the table, and then they all try it, and then we start downing it. <laughs> and it just turns into an awesome night. And that was a big thing. Is I, I remember you telling me early is that like um, you were always making the guys laugh or the sponsors laugh. Is that like just as important to get over? Yeah, because Japan? you know if you go, there was a guy like uh, his name was Rick Fuller, nice guy, man, and he came over uh, to team with Bernard. He's from the Boston area, and uh, he would go out and he wouldn't drink at all. And that's fine, you know. You, I mean, a lot of guys don't. Yeah, drink. I don't. Drink. That's no problem. But they they give him the karaoke microphone. He go, no, I don't. I don't do that. He just sits there and eat peanuts. And his sponsor's like, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I sponsoring the <laughs> shitty one? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> feed him food, and he just sit there and and and, and want to go home. You know, right. I love Rick though. Nice, really, really, really nice guy. But I, when I was in developmental, uh, and I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast, but me and uh, Gallows were, were sitting there in with an OVW. There's everyone's there. The door fucking flies open, and Rick Fuller walks in. And he's there for a tryout. Win, 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 win. This was 2008 before Japan. With the hair. Yeah, does he have not have hair anymore? Oh, he got great hair. Oh yeah, just Fair, curl yeah. just everywhere. But, I mean, me and him were the only ones. We were like, oh my god, oh my, like because that's Saturday night's fucking Rick that's, Fuller. See, I remember Rick Fuller from Thunder. Thunder, yeah. That's well, Saturday before Thunder was Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, and he wrestled Goldberg, and I was just like, holy shit. And like we were going crazy, and you know nobody else hadn't had any clue who he was. Yeah, but I'm like, don't watch wrestling. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and we were, me and Luke were like, oh my god, oh my god, it's Ric Fuller. I'm not oh my god, lie, bro, I'm with you. I'm, I'm the same yeah, way, man. Yeah. Until he walked in my dojo room and he had one gold hoop earring in his left ear, and he looked like a fucking pirate, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but the hair's so pretty. Oh, it's still pretty, the hair's so though. pretty. Still pretty, man. He told me he got. He told me when he was on, we were on the tour there. He told me he got like a huge, huge check from something for WCW on. Uh, on the the thunder video game and he goes i was just a i was a hidden character i said how disappointed do you think the people were when you when they un, they unlock something and it's rick fuller right <laughs> you know? like different outfit vader oh, or man. like it's gonna be rick flair old, old school. school sting maybe yeah, yeah. Fuller, you know and no disrespect to rick because yeah. he's awesome but fuller and roadblock come walking out. the same thing as carly what is as a, as a hidden character carl anderson yeah the new japan game. <laughs> the fuck is he <laughs> scotty goldman even better people would love that I were you hidden anywhere me? Yeah. No. Any video games? Nothing. No, I had one merchandise. I, a headband. I had one thing of merchandise. No, it was a it was a poker chip that was only available in Germany. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I eBay, and I eBay and bought it for two two euros. <laughs> you bought it? I of course. That's awesome. That's all I got. It's, that's my only claim to fame. And I was in the encyclopedia. That's uh, Kevin Sullivan's WWE encyclopedia. Quick plug for my buddy Kevin there. Good yeah. for you, buddy. So I don't know. So, but you and Bernard, yeah, buddies. We, uh, yeah, good buddies. Good, like him. I, I actually was just at his at his place with his family for the last five days before we came to, to Los Angeles with my family, and 
Does he does he like almost inspire you that like I guess life can go on without being a WWE superstar or yeah, anything like that? Yeah, or? absolutely. Because you know he he, what was I bet he, he there t- for, he's telling you the stories. I'm he sure. was there for six or seven years, I guess. You know he made I guess he made good. He was there when he but he always told he always tells me to save my money because he always said that he always thought it was gonna be the Rock and Stone Cold, the Rock and Stone Cold forever because he was there then. I mean, how cool would that have been to be there then? You know, when they're at their actual like at their height. But then when they but when they both left, it kind of started to dip down, and it was just like, oh shit, the money's actually dropping. And he realized it right away. Yeah. Did, was he spending right away? <laughs> he was spending. He said. Yeah. He was. He was spending it. <laughs> yeah. Did you tell you some horror stories? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what he did, but I, I remember we were sitting on his couch just last week, and it was a beautiful couch, man. It's awesome, but but it's a little bit torn up because dogs sit on it and stuff. And I asked his wife. I said, "Man, this is a sweet. This is a sweet couch. Like, when did you guys? When did you guys get this?" She goes. Oh, he got. We got this when he was a WWE. The golden <laughs> this years. Is, this is WWE money. <laughs> I, said you, I said you wouldn't buy it now because we don't buy shit now. <laughs> but he makes good money. You though. buying anything with his New Japan money? Yeah, I think I bought too much, but now my now I get my girl watching my bank account a little bit, which helps. What are you buying? Well, I like to buy a lot of stuff. I bought a car. I mean, I just put a down payment on a house. Um, yeah, things are coming together. I have a kid. I have another one on the way. What's your uh, What's your weak like your weakness? You shoes. Are you one of these shoes guys? I'm a shoes guy. Bro. like that. Did he make you a shoe guy? Shoe. Yeah. He, well, I was always a shoe guy, but I never had money to do it. You know. What? <laughs> you got sandals on. Right oh yeah, now. but I don't. But I want to dirty them up. I like. I love shoes, man. What but do you? What's your shoe? I like Nikes. Dress shoes or no? No, no. Nike Nike, Nike, shoe? Nike shoes. Just training Air Maxes. Different colors. Different colors. Different cool ones. To, to coordinate with your outfits. With to your plug, shitty shirts. To plug this, I have a cool shirt. I have a great <laughs> shirt from Coles. Yeah, your Coles shirt. Ferg taught me pickyourshoes.com. And you can go there, and I thought it was going to be a big work. I looked at it, and it's awesome. Tons of different shoes. Change your life. Good prices. Change your life? Yeah, changed my life. <laughs> I started spending way too much money because <laughs> I was getting them sent to my mom's house to hide them. And she goes, look, you got to quit. You got to quit sending them here. If you, weren't a, if you weren't a grown man at 20 making decisions, you're fucking 29 sending a fucking shoes to your mom's house yeah. to hide them, huh? Well, Grown-ups. When I first went to Japan, I didn't have a place. You know, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a house. or I was living with Rocky Romero, man. He took me in. And his mom, yeah? Him and his mom. They took me in. Yeah, did you ever see her, like, showering naked or anything? Give me a break. Am I allowed to ask that? Is Rocky a podcast listener? Uh, let's say no. <laughs> let's go with no. I have to say. I have to say absolutely not, man. Absolutely. She was, they, were, they were phenomenal to me, dude. They opened their house, opened their food, everything to me, man. They were really cool. I said, I lived there for over a year. And Rocky actually went to Mexico in January of 2008. And I'm still living there. I said, well, why, what am I going to do? He goes, just live here, dog. You'll be okay. <laughs> so, well, does your mom care? You know, it's, we're still, me and her mom were close, but it wasn't like I could. There's always that middle, yeah, 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 yeah that, that, that middle know, barrier. I'm this, you know, semi-chunky kid living upstairs, <laughs> like not working, not paying the rent, working SoCal Indies <laughs> yeah. at the AWS outside arena oh, slash parking lot. <laughs> what, are, uh, what are some of the things you do in uh, Japan? Pass the time. Well, I like to sit on my bed a lot and just read. Now, you know, watch YouTube. I turned into a reality. I love reading wrestling books, man. I just read. Really? Bre- I just read Bret Hart. Bret Hart's wrestling book, man. That was awesome. I've gone on record saying how much I hate to read. Yeah. Like at, at like when I was in developmental, I would read the books and because like I figured, oh, I could probably got to do this and know my history. Yeah. I was like, man, I hate to read. Just hate it. Just hate it. So I read how- some books. Yeah. Tito Santana's book was one of the worst. Yeah, I'm not, you know, big, much respect to him, of course. He's right? amazing, yeah. But I'm not sure I'd want to read his book. Yeah. I read it one day uh, in Barnes & Noble. It took, me a, it took me a fucking four hours to read it. I read In and out. Awesome. Yeah. I read uh, Jericho's first book I thought was awesome. So I told Ferg, I said, you got to read this, man. Like, you know, we, we're here in Japan. 
you know, that we that we can relate with this stuff. He goes, oh, fuck, okay. About a week later, I said, did you read it? Oh, I read one page. I ain't fucking reading nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That's like me. Yeah. I watched the movie. Some people get bored by it, you know? Yeah, I can't take it. But, you know, when it relates to, you know, the Bret Hart's book was entertaining all the way through, but, you know, I think you got to, and I wasn't even a fan. I wasn't a huge fan of, of Bret Hart growing up. I watched the NWA stuff all the time, so. Were you in, you were in, you are, are you yeah. in Anderson? <laughs> no, not at all. That's what the name's based on, though, ain't it? Yeah. Am I not allowed to tell that? Yeah, no, it's too. just, you know, I, I had, I remember having, you know, Dave Marquez helped me out a lot, man. He took me in, he paid me when I needed to get paid, he flew me around, got me bookings, but, you know. They wanted me to be an Anderson. And, like, I remember asking Van Beep. Right. You know, I was like, did you guys ever clear this with Iron Anderson? And I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a loser from Cincinnati, man. <laughs> I've never done anything. I've never made a $30 payday even. Like, did you guys clear this with Iron or Ole or anything? And Vanderpile, beep. Yeah. He said, oh, as soon as he sees you work, he won't give a fuck at all. Yeah, he knows. Man, like, he knows, He's you know. He's agent. But you, you guys been texting? <laughs> and, I, and, I just, and I'm just, I go, yeah, that's okay, great, you know. So they call me Carl Anderson. And so I cut a couple promos as I'm an Anderson. And I hated doing that, I'm man. Sure. Because that's just, you feel so stupid. And there's one on YouTube where I'm claiming to be an, uh, an Anderson. And but the Anderson name off. is synonymous. I just wanted to come down so bad, yeah. bro. Flag it. Same, yeah, same I need porn. to say it's just disgusting because yeah. I hate it. I hate it. There's a man in his underwear. That's but, gross. Yeah, it's just, it's just not a, it's, it's awful. It's, yeah. It was outside at AWS in the back of a closet. You can see me start to giggle for one second because Rocky's taking a water bottle and sticking it up my ass behind <laughs> the curtain. So you see the curtain moving a little bit. <laughs> see, people don't know that little stuff. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> but, That's what we like to hear on this thing. But no, I'm not an Anderson, bro. Yeah. Not at all. Are these Japanese guys assholes to you over there? You know what? No, man. Like uh, all the guys with New Japan are just man. They're just nice, man. They're just nice guys. And I, I remember hearing some horror stories about like Choshu or Kawada about guys that just blowing off the guys in just big time, man. But and Choshu was a little standoffish, I guess. But I started wrestling him when I was just King Jobber for all of '08. Not that I care by any means, because I was thank thank God I had a job. But uh, I wrestled him almost every night for a long time, and he started taking me out to drink, uh, and it was just, we're buddies now. Chatto, chatto, chatto. But the drink, I'm going to go back to that. Yeah, it just That's comes important. Out. That's very important in Japan, so you know? what the fuck do I do? Because I well, definitely denied beers, and I said, uh, Diet Coke, please, no. Yeah, but, like, Diet Coke. Yeah, the, yeah it's, it, it is a little bit of an issue, because drinking is, a big, is, a, is big in that culture, you know? And it's, and it's, but, you know, if you can go out, and you can really have a good time, which I know you can. Like yeah. Brian Danielson is the same thing. I've seen him when we went to Australia before. We went to a, to a club, and he was just partying, going nuts. He's an animal. And he wasn't doing anything, right. just drinking water. Yeah. I don't know if he was slamming something with the water, but no, I don't think he was. <laughs> straight laces, they come. Yeah, so, I mean. Well, what's your karaoke song of choice? <clears throat> Sweet Caroline. Oh, oh, oh. Good times never seem so good. So good. Huh? So good. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> good. That's, see? There wasn't even a karaoke thing on the screen or anything. I don't need it, bro. Yeah. Do you see, are you one of these guys that sings the song, the same song every single week? I do like to start with that. You know, if me there's like a whole karaoke culture. Yeah, it's, it's, of they, like guys who go and like just go from bar to bar singing the three songs they know or whatever. They have karaoke buildings. Like, can you imagine that shit here? In Japan? Actually, just buildings everywhere. In I England? Mean, or in America? Or? No, in Japan. Yeah, really? Yeah, everywhere. What does that mean? Like a, you, you walk in and, and you pay t to go to a room, and there's this karaoke room. And, you, and, and there's nobody watching you? You just sit there. Yeah, you, you just sit there with your buddies, and you sing. And you order beep, you order drinks. 
How, why is that fun? I but it's know. awesome because I sit there and I get hammered and I just sing. But you've done it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's awesome. Why is it fun? I don't know. It is. Sweet. And, and, and fucking, what's his name? Lance Diamond? Lance Neil Diamond. Diamond? Neil Diamond, bro. He's your go-to. He's my go-to. He's That's my right. go-to. And, and then I... And then I tried Beyonce. I tried Irreplaceable one night, and just and it, and this was in front of a full bar. And yeah. I just started to feel like you know that wasn't my pitch. I think that's when I stopped karaoke. And I lost the crowd. Dude. Yeah, I think I went up like really excited. <laughs> I, I've, I've only karaoke so many times in my life, and I did uh, what I fucking do: uh, Power of Love. Uh, Not feeling Huey it. Lewis. See, I was just like, oh, that's a song I know and I remember. And I was like, oh, I can't hit any of you these. You think chords. you can hit? You know, Val Venus, man, he came over for a tour and he's awesome, man. He's a, one of the greatest guys of all time. He wrote his own rap. He it's called. It starts out with yo, yo. Let's check on the flow. That's how it starts. But he clicks in. He wants to do uh, uh, Eminem's in, in this moment song. Was it uh, the one from Eight Mile? Yeah, lose yourself in yeah. the moment. So he goes and, and we go, Val, man, can you do that? That's fast. You know, you know, Val goes, fuck yeah, I can do it. I mean, of course I can. We said, well, go do it then. So he gets out there. And he goes, lose yourself in this music. The mo. Yo, yo, it's time to crank up the flow. And he starts flowing his own Val Venus <laughs> rap, bro. And I'm and I'm just bellowing, laughing, dude. <laughs> bellowing and all the people around just looking at this big dumb guy sitting up there just singing oh man japan's fun though yeah you can't you get do the make, ra- you can't rap <laughs> you can't rap That's on a karaoke, karaoke no, I mean, no. unless you have unless you're a f- fluent guy like mvp or something and you know what you're doing don't do it yeah good advice that's advice <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> don't do it buddy all right well now you have a family yeah i do you're living back here but kind of still on on yeah, I just uh, I I signed a two year contract with New Japan last year, so I'm there until at least January of 2013. You got a, you got a kid, a kid on the way. Yeah, got a little boy, um, 16 months years, 16 months old. Is that exciting? It's awesome, man. Is that I mean, everyone who says they're always like, I didn't know, like I don't have yeah, a kid. They're always no, like, you don't know until like then you have it. it you know, if here's a here's a way to look at it. I brought him out here with me. To I brought him and the and the girl out here with me for this. For for while we're in L.A. and I mean, if this would have been four years ago in L.A. after these tapings, I would have said, "Let's go, let's go f- somewhere to just get down and try and find some girls and hang right. out or something." But I just, well, I can't wait to get back to the hotel and just hug him, man. <laughs> there you go. Right on. That's the soft side. Oh, no, it's cool. Good, but it's cool, man. Got another boy coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know it's a boy. Yeah, another boy. She's due in December, so I go on tour in October twentieth, and I get back December fifth, and she's due on the tenth. So, did you? Were you in Japan for the first one? No, I'm, I was here. Luckily, was that something man. that was on your mind, probably? Yeah, it, it was. But I, but I knew I was off because it was a junior tournament. And I usually get off the junior tournament. But it's and, weird. You, uh, have to, you have to plan your sex. I got to plan when Did I got Did you gotta, plan your sex? I, gotta, I, gotta, bro, I didn't plan any of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It all just, it all just came off. <laughs> but, man, like, you know, like if, if you're a guy in America who's, who's wrestling overseas constantly, like, there's probably, like, I, I mean, just doing the week, you know, there's weddings and people's birthdays. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. fuck, why are you having these? Because I got to wrestle. Yeah. I bet it's a lot harder when it's constant three week, three week, four week tours. I mean, I, I leave, like I said, I leave October 20th and, and, and they're getting uh, all these. C- costumes for for my son and for his cousins and i'm just like i'm not gonna be there i'm missing halloween you know and halloween doesn't it doesn't mean anything to me at all but just i want to see him dressed up and 
trick or treating and all that shit. That's cool. I'm, I'm gonna miss Thanksgiving too, you know. So is that gonna? It's a big deal. Is that gonna become a bigger deal, like as you get older? I mean, well, you know, it brings home. Have you thought about that kind of stuff? Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just living for the moment. Okay, good, good. <laughs> but, well, I'm, I'm gonna put it in your head now. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it's it's you know, she she knew what she was getting into, and and I mean, I I've put my whole life into wrestling, man, and this is how I, this is what I, what I've always wanted to do since I was a kid. So if, if this is how I, how I can pay the bills, it's. I'm not going to stop it, you know. Great, man. And you're doing little stuff like this here in L.A. And, yeah, um, happen to be you're, you're in Cincinnati, so sometimes you're home, like. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. Do you have, like, booking information or anything? Or yeah. Do you no, care I, about that? I don't even care about that. Yeah. No. Don't even try to book me. Don't. <laughs> you make it just, the just, thing. Just contact New Japan and, say, and let them throw out an enormous price, and I bet <laughs> you won't book me. Right. <laughs> did, you, did you do... Did you guys go, um, did you go to China or New Japan did a show in either England or China or somewhere? No, weird? that wasn't us. We went to New York and we went to New Jersey and went right, to Philadelphia. But no, we didn't go overseas at all. You guys didn't go to like Singapore or something weird? No, New Japan didn't. All Japan might have. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Maybe one of the boys did, but maybe they okay. did something while I wasn't around. But So they've never taken you anywhere cool besides Japan? Well, we went to Saipan. Yeah, it's like a little... It's a pan. small country. It's a pan. that is actually with a, with American dollars. I guess the Americans own it or something. Really, but it wasn't. I didn't know what kind of people were there. It was just. It was weird. <laughs> like half Japanese, half American, and half I've never even known. I don't know what they are. Yeah, but they speak English, and well, they use is, American dollars. Is there American dollar? But like, so if a burger, if a if a burger in America, in America is a. Like a buck, was it like fourteen bucks there? Or in Japan, like, or was it fourteen? Cents? Oh, in no, Saipan, yeah. I didn't pay for anything. I don't remember because there was a a big sponsor called Glio. They're like a, a pills and vitamin sponsor. They used to be a big sponsor of Japan, like a real sponsor, not just one of those guys that take the guys out to eat, but right. a guy that would probably put in millions into the company. Uh, took flew all the boys to the island and put us all up. I mean, so there's fifty or the boys and the office people. Yeah, so there's you didn't even look people. at like the fucking. No, I sat there and just I kept order. I just kept ordering drink <laughs> after drink and food after food, buddy. You knew it was all coming. No, free. I knew it was for free. Yeah. Any other cool perks that have come with the job over there? Free stuff. Yeah, you a lot of free get, stuff. You guys are man. always wearing fucking those jackets and shit. I get free. I get. I get we usually get a sweet. Uh, when I first landed, and I walked into the dojo. I had I had three different outfits, the three different track suits thrown at me. They were old, but I thought it was. I just made it, man. Sure, this is phenomenal, yeah. you know. But um, yeah, you get you get sweet shirts anytime, all the time. I mean, you get a track suit, a new track suit every single year, which guys here just, are just dying to have. Mm-hmm. So, I, it's, but you know, yeah. Carino would always say, like you get glasses and watches or you anything. Yeah, like see, that? I don't get any of that kind of stuff. No. But but maybe because I'm not a, a pretty boy baby face. But yeah, like Carino. Yeah, well, well, maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's a different fan base. Yeah. <laughs> But Ferg gets good. David gets shit sent to him all the time, and I said, "Where's my stuff?" And Hattori says, "You too ugly, man." Oh. I don't think I'm ugly, bro. No, Japanese women must love you. Do they? No. Go, do they? Do they say like uh, like I was over there and they're like, "Can't I, Ricky?" Yeah, all day do you, long. Do you have a? Do you have a chant? Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> do they do that? Oh yeah. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> I just go, man. Would you quit fucking calling me that? <laughs> Chad. It's fucking Chad. It's Chad. Really? It's yeah, Chad. <laughs> All right. Great, man. Well, cool. Everything. Uh, everything's it's, in order. Life's it's good to well. see you, buddy. Great to see you. It's, it's been, been a, a long, long time. Yeah. Way it's, too long. We got to do this again. It's because you're. Well, I I was out there and I, and I hung out uh, in Japan with some of the guys, but you were you were home. Yeah. Watching football. I watched your match with Kobashi. What'd you think? That's good. Yeah. Well, he, no, no, not Kobashi. K- uh, Kinsuke. Sasaki. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I think they're all fun enough. Yeah. I don't know. No, that was good. I liked it. I don't, I don't know what to, to make you, of it. You brought Colt Cabana to Japan yeah, against I, Kinsuke Sasaki. He's, he's cool, though, isn't he? He was so smiley in the back. Like, he's, you know, he's. I've heard horror stories about this guy. Really? Real horror stories. And I know that they're legit. Like, he's, he's Kinsuke Sasaki, you know. But so when I met him, I went, oh, fuck, he's going to just be a, he's going to be such a dick, man. And he he walked up to me with this smiley, smiley he's, face. He's the grittiest guy ever. Hi, I'm Kinsuke. <laughs> I, said, I said, I'm Chad. <laughs> he was so smiley. And he it walked was... away, and I, and I felt better about myself. Like, man, that guy's a positive guy. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to, to tear this day apart. Yeah, I had the same, like, I'm going into it, and I'm just thinking, like, Bison, like, all I could think about is just, like, man, He's just gonna be so mean, and like that smile <laughs> that he's so mean. Yeah, man, just mean people. I don't want to do that. He's got great hair. I mean, he's just—he's <laughs> a cool guy. Yeah. man. they're all cool. You know? I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I didn't know what to. I, listen, I was like, I'm not gonna be fake Japanese guy. No, I'm just gonna do what I do. No, I liked it. And uh, yeah, I didn't get that contract uh, the first after the first match, but uh, I don't think no. I don't think no guys. Have, any of the guys have contracts <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> well. But hopefully we get a, an invite. I got an invite back, but we'll see if it goes through. That's good, man. But I hope to make it a thing, and then maybe we can I hang out. I hope so, too. We That'd can hang great. out in Japan. We could podcast in Japan. That'd be awesome. All right. At a Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, we're the Wi-Fi. There's no Wi-Fi in fucking Japan. Well, we have it at the dojo. There's no free Wi-Fi. We have it at the dojo. I thought Japan would be, like, full of free Wi-Fi. That's what people That's what people get mistaken about Japan. They think they're so high-tech, and they are in, maybe in certain areas, but you go to hotels, there's no Wi-Fi, pal. You got to have your laptop, and you got to have the fucking click plug-in thing. Yeah. And some hotels don't have that, so I'm sitting there two or three days sometimes going insane. I did. I don't have it, but Ferg has his little iPhone, Japanese iPhone, so he's just having a great yeah, time. Yeah, just going at it while you're sitting there fucking... Just want to just fucking go nuts. Playing playing Snake on your so, cell phone. Yeah, on your yeah no, it's going insane, you know. Yeah. But I, but I, so I invested in a Japanese phone, and I got a deal, and so now I can at least text. I can text home, which is That's nice. a hard time to make that investment. Like, oh, yeah. It's a hard decision. It's a really hard decision. Yeah, I signed a two-year contract Whoa. to do it, and I said, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. <laughs> well... But then I, you know, yeah. Then you signed that two-year contract. Yeah, there you go. All right, good. Uh, do you have any contacts or anything? Or you yeah, well, you can do Twitter. Okay, Mach- uh, at machine gun k at machine gun k a. Good. Yeah, You're and that's it. Man. Facebook canceled. Canceled. Yep. MySpace. I'm living straight in the marrow, baby. J date. MySpace canceled. Uh, plenty of fish canceled. <laughs> Adult friend finder canceled. <laughs> E-Harmony, canceled. You don't need it, man. I'm done with all that shit. All right, at Machine Gun K.A. I appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Carl. I appreciate it, buddy. Chad. All right, big thank you to Carl the Machine Gun Anderson, big star of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, he was here for a little bit, but he's, you know, probably going to head on back to Japan. He's a big star over there, a tag team champion. And, uh, you know, I think he one day, whenever he decides to be, he can easily be a big star here in America. But now he's he's over there doing it in Japan. That's what you know. That's what we got to do as wrestlers. We got to do it where we can do it. South America, Mexico, you name it. He's he's doing it over in Japan. And if you didn't pick up, you know, we talked about his partner a little bit, Giant Bernard. Uh, if you didn't pick up on who that was, Prince Albert in the WWF, uh, or as some of you guys know him, the hip hop. Was he the hip hop hippo? Hip hop rhinoceros? Uh, hip hop hippo makes more sense. Either way, Prince Albert is how I remember him. I hope you all do too. But uh, much success to Carl, Chad, our buddy Chad, and it was good talking to him this week. And uh, that's it, man. That's the episode for this week. But before we get out of here, let's get into some plugs and upcoming events. ColtMerch.com, the best way you can support, guys. T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs, and much, much more. ColtMerch.com. 
my Twitter at Colt Cabana. Please follow me. See who the next guest on the Art of Wrestling is going to be. What I have to say about the world of professional wrestling or what I have to say just in general at Colt Cabana. I have an email, ColtWrestling at gmail.com. I got a couple dates left open in, uh, in 2011. If you're a promoter and you want to fill those up, give me an email, ColtWrestling at gmail.com. I got a P.O. box where I get snail mail, and I love to get it. That's available on WeLoveColt.com on the front page there. I got a web series every single week with myself and stand-up comedian Marty DeRosa. CreativeHasNothingForYou.com. That comes up every single Monday night during professional wrestling and Facebook backslash AOW podcast. Like it. We'll talk about each episode each week. Uh, upcoming dates tonight, if you're listening to this, Thursday, October 27th, I'm going to be in Hollywood, California for LuchaVavoom.com. Last night I had a show, and tonight I'll have a show uh, for Lucha Vavoom, one of my favorite. I had a, a Matt Classic Mini, a, Matt, a mini Matt Classic. I don't know, you shouldn't be missing this stuff. Uh, this is what dreams are made of. Uh, and then from there, I'm heading on over to Mexico, doing a little tour for Huera de Empresas. I definitely butchered that, but I'm doing it. October 30th, I'm in Monterey. October 31st, I'm in Marmoros. November 1st, I'm in Reynosa. And November 2nd, I'm in Rio Bravo. Does anybody live near those? I don't know. If you do, I'll be eating guacamole and hanging out in Mexico for Huera de Empresas. Friday, November 4th, I'm going to be in Chicago, Illinois, doing Mark Bazer's interview show. No wrestling there, just hanging out and talking. At hideoutchicago.com for more information. Saturday, November 5th, LaSalle, Illinois, dreamwavewrestling.com. Saturday, November 12th, I'm excited to head back to Austin, Texas, anarchychampionshipwrestling.com. Then Sunday, November 13th, this is a big one, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, High Noon, the internet pay-per-view put on by chikarapro.com, their very first internet pay-per-view. I highly recommend you check that out. Then Friday, November 18th, Chicago, Illinois, back in the city, ChicagoStyleWrestling.com. And then Friday, November 25th, uh, definitely in the heart of the city, Chicago, Illinois, Billy Corrigan's ResistancePro.com. That's it, guys. That's been the Art of Wrestling for this week. For Colt Cabana, I'm Colt Cabana. Thanks. Thanks.